hi, your fridge is offering to vend me human blood, and I don't know why, and it makes me upset, and can you please fix it? Meow. You are listening to Good Bad Show. I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. This is a podcast where Matt and I try and have a very serious, important conversation while Ridley yells in the background. This is a podcast where, I'll just explain up front, uh, my cat is upset that his mom has left, and he's just going to scream at the door for a while, and there's not really anything I can do about it. So you're not the cat's mom, then? I'm not the cat's mom. There, there he goes. I can pick him up, and I can put him in my lap, and he'll run away and run to the door, and then scream some more because his mom's gone. I would love to be the most important one in the house, but it's Uh. just not the case. Yeah, I guess. You know, you know how a pet will just kind of pick a person and be like, you're my person now. And you're like, I'm here too. And you're like, eh, you're not. You're no mom. Actually, I feel like our dog, Sadie, does not have a true favorite. Interesting. Between you and me, I think maybe a, l- a little tiny bit me, if only yeah. because Hillary has taken far more solo trips. Uh, mm-hmm. Therefore, I've had much more time alone with her at home than yeah. I have. In fact, I'm yeah. not sure it's ever been more than 24 hours where Hillary's had the dog to herself. Uh, because I like my house, and Hillary likes traveling. <laughs> Every time I've ever had a, a family dog, it's always picked my dad and been like, you're the one. I'm going to follow you around wherever you go, no matter what. Now, is that a favorite thing, or is that like an alpha thing? I don't know. I don't, I'm not quite sure. It's so like uh, Stockholm Syndrome. They recognize one as the alpha, and therefore they come to love it. I, I don't know what it is all about, but I've just it's an observation I've made. Sometimes the animal just picks one person, and that's their person forever. Is this just your justification everywhere. for not working on your relationship with Ridley? Well, I'd like to think I treat him pretty well. What have you done lately for that relationship, Matt? Sometimes I give him food. Oh. Sometimes I clean up his poop. Sometimes okay. I hold him and he sits on my lap. I mean, like, I feel like those are the three primary things you can do with a cat. So what else am I going to do? Well, if you're asking me that question, then all hope is lost. Oh, okay. So much more than just, than just sustenance in a pet owner relationship. Sometimes I don't pick him up when he doesn't want to. That's actually another important thing <laughs> you you're, you're a good listener. Sometimes a really good listener. When he when he claws at me, uh, instead of when I want to pet him, I stop petting him. How's that, huh? Mm. Just, just as, just as he wants. <laughs> I couldn't think of a funnier thing to say. Don't rub it in, okay? <laughs> I was trying really hard. I thought really, really hard, and I couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. Well, he's upset about that. It wasn't funny. This week, Matt, we're gonna be doing like. Uh, we need a word for episodes where we're comparing and contrasting two things. And I can either talk about it from the perspective of thing A is very good, or I can talk about it from the perspective of thing B is very bad. Either way, same points. Uh, so we, at first, we need, a word, we need a name for that. So please, you know, get your brain, get some cycles going in your don't brain to figure just, that out. Don't you always just pick it based on whatever you did last time? You're like, last time I was upset about a thing, so this time I'm happy about a thing. Well, a lot of these things don't have... Uh, and I'm, I'm intentionally avoiding the word opposite because I don't... <laughs> People say opposite all the time, and opposite is a weird word, right? Because if I ask you what what's the, the op- opposite of salt, it's pepper. <laughs> exactly, right? no, we've it's talked not. about this. I know we've talked about this, but you know, most yeah. people think the opposite of salt is pepper. But they're basically the same thing. They're both the seasonings you keep in a little container on your table. They're, like, they're so, so, so similar. The differences yeah. are so slight. So the thing I'm talking about, these are not opposites. They're just two things that are very similar and have a slight difference. But uh, but no, usually I feel like my topic there's not a. Uh, there's not a foil to the thing I want to talk about. Like something is good or something is bad. And there's not like one thing you can obviously put on the other side of, uh, of the line there to, uh, to compare it to. But here, got two very straightforward things. So Matt, do you want me to, uh, to sing the praises of something good? Or do you want me to tear down the, the walls of something bad? Mm, 
if you think I might think this thing is bad, then I want you to take the side of good because it's really easy to tear down the thing that you like. I like that side. I am willing to bet, Matt, that yeah. as thorough a man you are, I would bet that if you you may never have even thought about this thing, and if you have thought about it, I almost guarantee you don't even know the proper name for it. Okay. Does that does that pique your interest? It does. I want to know what this thing is. Okay. I'm going to talk about how bad membrane switches are. Do you know what a membrane switch is, Matt? I don't think that I do. All right. So the best way to describe it is it's just the way that the buttons on basically every microwave ever manufactured work. Uh, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So membrane switch is you have this like printed circuit and then you have this like rubber plastic membrane on top of it with like symbols printed on it. And you got to like mush your finger into this like, you know, area that's demarcated by a line or something to press the one button and when you smush it sufficiently you'll hear a beep to indicate that you smushed it good enough and you're and you're a real mechanical keyboard guy or something is that what's happening (laughs) oh god i'm so embarrassed to admit that i do have a mechanical keyboard (laughs) of course you do (laughs) i didn't know if you did but of course you do i wish you hadn't just i wish you hadn't just took a took a shot right to my heart (laughs) taking perfect aim yeah but with my eyes closed i didn't know you had a mechanical keyboard (sighs) yeah well, I do have a mechanical keyboard, but I'm not like a mechanical keyboard person, okay? I'm not, I don't spend too much time on the subreddit for mechanical keyboards. And when I do go there, I'm mostly just looking out of curiosity. I've never bought any weird keycaps or like lights for my keyboard or anything. Just got a normal, basic mechanical keyboard. Boring you said a lot one. of really specific stuff that only a person who does those things would, would even know to say. Look, Matt, I don't know the difference between Cherry MX Browns and Cherry MX Reds, okay? I don't know the difference off the top of my head. I have to look it up. So I'm not like a mechanical keyboard person. So have you ever tried gluing? Have you ever tried pulling the keys off of your keyboard and then gluing to your membrane switches so that you can feel that satisfaction <laughs> of mechanically <laughs> mechanically turning off your microwave? That you, wait, you don't even like microwaves. Of course you're not going to like this. Well, so this, here's... This is like everything you hate. So here, here's, here's the... It's, it's true. I don't really like microwaves. Uh, which we can talk about in another episode. Um, the main thing that I, the main application for which I really dislike membrane switches and the application I actually have to deal with on a regular basis is on stoves. Now, almost every stove still has knobs for turning on the gas, at least for now. I mean, that's probably going away sometime soon for something cheaper and printed as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the controls to modify the temperature of the oven and control the oven are almost always a printed membrane switch board on the back of the oven with the clock on it. Uh, Mine are. If you want to turn on the timer, if you want to turn it on bake, you got to push one of those buttons. Yeah, mush it gooey buttons. Mush it. It's so smushy. Yeah. <sighs> and I don't even like the fact that ovens have clocks. One of my main... My main criteria when I eventually get a new stove slash oven is that not have a clock on it. I think that's so that, silly. That might require explanation. The, the baking with a timer seems to work pretty well. Oh, I mean, you can have a timer without a clock. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. I'm on board with that. That's fine. Just the idea that everything that has a screen should just have the time on it at all times is maddening to me. And I don't like the quality of light of the little LCD screens when the lights are off in the kitchen. And I don't like it's another clock to switch the time over to when daylight savings rolls over. And it's just another thing. It's so unnecessary. It's one of those things you're reminded how many clocks are in your house when the power goes out. And you're like, oh, no, it's 12 o'clock everywhere all of a sudden. I thought I only had one of these. I have a hundred of these. Well, I guess I can't complain about number of clocks because I do have to admit that one of my one of my life goals for myself. I have a couple goals, you know, that I've set that I intentionally don't want to accomplish until I'm almost on my deathbed. Do you have goals like this? 
Uh, yeah, dying would be one, as well as... <laughs> you spending like all my heroin. money, that's another one. I want yeah. to try and spend it all, but not until the very last moment. Maybe like crashing a sports car. Yeah, there's a couple on there, but they're really close to death. But I feel like that's not what you're talking about. No, I really feel like uh, certain creative tasks of my life, I want to be like my life's work. Like, I don't want to sit down for, you know, a long weekend or whatever and, like, do these projects and be done with them. The whole point is that I want to set a, set a methodology and a mindset in motion and then live my life as I would normally with this kind of background radiation of this project that I always have going on. And one of my sure. projects that is like this, of which there are more than I'm willing to admit on air right now, uh, one of my projects like this is to eventually have an analog clock in every room of my home uh, that suits that room. Suits is the right word. Not matches. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need like novelty like well the kitchen one's got food on it or whatever something that suits the room uh and i currently have one of these clocks and that is all is there a reason for this well i think it's nice to know the time i really like you have i I suspect you carry some sort of time telling device everywhere you go i do wear i do wear a watch all the time so that's you know a thing uh i actually don't usually have my phone in my pocket when i'm in my house i don't like walking around within my pocket so like most people i think have that on them i usually don't um but I don't think, I think it should be something that you can just kind of see in your periphery. I don't think it should be something you have to like seek out. You don't have to pull your phone out of your pocket, press the button, unlock mm-hmm. it. Not for me. So I like, I like having clocks. And then also I think analog clocks are very nice. Uh, I have such visceral memories of when I was a kid. The like myriad of ways my brain would cut up the face of a analog clock when I was just waiting for class to end. And mm-hmm. how visceral it was for me that, you know... This, this, you know, 85 degrees of the clock face, like, felt a certain way. And I, I knew that this 85 degrees of this part of the day was better than this other 85 degrees. And, like, specific, you know, just orientations of hour and second hands will, like, give me flashbacks to, like, periods of school that I didn't want to end or I really desperately wanted to end. <laughs> you know, all these, sure. all these, like, all this great, uh, I don't know, all this great useless esoterica is lost when you just have digital clocks or your phone. So I really like analog clocks. I think, they, I think they are a brilliant solution, both technically for, you know, you have, a, you have a movement that moves the hands and, you know, putting it in centrally on the face and having the numbers around it is a brilliant technical solution to just having a single, you know, stepper motor that moves at a certain speed. But it's also a brilliant visualization of the passage of time. And so I think they're great. All anyway, right. that's why I can't complain about the... The stove clock for being another clock I have to change over because I am willingly, as part of my life's work, taking on more clocks for which I will have to change manually come daylight savings, which I have to admit, I actually don't mind because it's kind of cool to have the ritual and, you know, recognize the time change. Mm, sounds annoying to me, but I feel like you're one of these people. Membrane switches. I feel like you're one of these people that just wants to go to bed the night before daylight savings and then oversleep and wake up and not even realize that things have changed. All your clocks change That's automatically. True. You slept a little bit more, a little bit less, just naturally, and all of a sudden, yeah, the world has moved on, and you don't have to know about it. My ideal situation would be that it just doesn't exist. I oh, hate I it. agree. I don't care for it. It's a really... I mean, honestly, it just makes things... It makes winter more depressing. Uh, it, it, it's an annoyance that doesn't really need to occur, given our modern life cycle, or, you know, our modern lifestyle. Like, what? I, I just don't understand the purpose of it at this point. It's very dumb. 
we can transition this episode 12 minutes in to start talking about how bad daylight savings is. I'd, I'd be happy to we'll, do that. We'll save that for another time. I think it's important that we talk about membrane switches. Membrane Ta-da. switches. That you hate. That I hate. So yes. the ones I interact with most are on my stove. And here's the thing about membrane switches. And here's why I don't like them so much. I mean, people know what we're talking about, right? I don't have to explain this any further. Like, I think they you've get used it. a like, microwave. It's like, uh... Yeah, you do you, you type the numbers into a microwave. It's a smushy screen. They have screen. that kind of plasticky, smushy surface. Then, you know, presumably because it's easy to manufacture a, a board that way and just yeah. wrap it in plastic. Yeah. I'm assuming that's why. Yeah, I think actually the way it works is you just like print the switches in, you know, certain conductive material and you can print them in any configuration you want. And it's super cheap to do that. And you just make the little like printed part and then you just, you know, sandwich it between plastic and, and you're done basically. Uh, I think it's really easy to manufacture. So the reason these things are used a lot uh, is first and foremost, and far and away the most popular reason, just because it's so cheap. Uh, it's actually quite expensive to make manufacture analog controllers. Uh, every, everything from switches to uh, what are the things called? Pots? Pot what? The things you turn to like put, make a knob? They have a name. What are they called? I'm not sure. I'm going to find it out by Googling switches and pot, and it will tell me. Okay. They're just called pots. Oh, potentiometers, okay. which is short for pots for short. Potentiometers gotcha. is what I was looking gotcha. for. Uh, yeah, so yeah, potentiometers and switches and like sliders, like all these things actually have lots of little parts and they're moving parts. And anytime you have moving parts, that makes the manufacturing process and the durability of the thing uh, much more difficult to make properly because you have to have you know uh, lubrication and o-rings and ball bearings and all kinds of little stuff to make sure these switches and potentiometers and sliders all work the way they're supposed to work and this you know this membrane switch you just you know print it out throw some plastic over it and i think the other thing that is probably makes it very popular is that i have to imagine there's basically no difference in expense to just put more buttons on the thing because you're just printing it out you print six buttons or nine buttons who cares you're just printing it out and sandwiching it between plastic probably is a negligible addition to the manufacturing process uh sure while we're on the advantages and reasons that you're used, I will say that one of the great advantages of membrane switches is that they are basically the easiest possible switch imaginable to clean because uh, you just can wipe it off because it's just a flat piece of plastic on the front. Uh, there are no moving parts. There are no grooves or whatever. So it's, uh, I think that's one of the reasons it's very popular for microwaves and stoves and stuff because it's going to get really dirty. It's on a cooking surface and you can just, you know, clean it off. So. Sure. That, as far as I'm concerned, uh, are basically the only advantages of membrane switches. Mac, you think of something you really like about them that I'm I'm missing about what makes them good before I start uh, start telling them what's up. Mm, I don't particularly like them. I I can appreciate something that doesn't have a lot of maintenance. Uh, with, but I can't say I've really thought about this before all that much, other than you know mild annoyance of you know I I can't say I'm annoyed by them on the microwave as much, but like on the stove they're I don't know, just the less tactile feeling of uh, of one of those. And it's like, um, you know, if it's like a binary switch, it's less clear what position it's currently in besides like a small light indicator or something. So there's yeah, like things about include... it that make it like less, less clear about what state that it's in. But besides that, I'm not thinking about it so much that I'm constantly annoyed. Mm, man, I think about it every time I have to mush my finger into one of those little things. But I'm not cooking Ugh. as much as you, so it's not like I'm, I'm not interacting with the stove lights nearly as much as you are. Sure. So let's talk about the things that are wrong with it. And you touched on the one which I think is the first and most obvious thing I don't, I dislike about these membrane switches, and that is that they lack 
all tactility, right? Uh, like sure. if you were if you were blind and deaf, you would have no way to know that you were actually operating the thing versus just mashing your hand into a sheet of plastic. You know, there's no nice clear like this button is pushed it pushed in or this button is sticking out or something. There's no something states, super and, and, and that's why that's why you have a bunch of uh, little LED lights all over these things, which is another thing that I really dislike is superfluous LED lights. In this situation, they're not superfluous because they have to be there. Also, the sound has to be there because you need some other form of feedback to let you know that you have, in fact, pressed the button or that the oven is, in fact, on because the membrane switchboard is obviously not going to change at all. It's going to remain a sheet of plastic uh, with no real differentiation. And, you know, this is a hard thing to measure, but it just feels bad. It feels bad to smush your finger into it. It feels really nice to use a nice switch that has good feedback and, you know, feels, you feel it click on or you feel the switch tip over into the off position uh, or, you know, you feel when you hit the the high end of whatever, you know, potentiometer you're on, when you turn the oven all the way up to the highest thing, you can feel it hit the end and you feel confident you've actually reached the highest number. Um, yep. All of these things, like none of them pose any actual problems, which is why membrane switches have won out across 99.9% of all applications where they could possibly be used because all these things don't add up to much, right? Uh, yes. Doesn't feel quite as nice. Uh, most people are not deaf and blind, and if they are, they're probably not cooking. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. They probably are deaf and blind people that are cooking, uh, and they have their own kind of ways around it. They would probably benefit a lot from from nice analog controls. But uh, but yeah, I think for for the most part, when you're doing the like capitalism business decision. There, these are not actual problems, right? These are not going to cost you sales of a stove, except in the very rare circumstance of me. Uh, so <laughs> we so, lost we lost a one person one person market share. So so you you save the money on the manufacturing, you save the money on replacement parts. The resulting thing is easier to clean and more durable and easier to maintain. And so all these other things that are much less tangible kind of fall by the wayside uh, and are and are not measured, which. I find a little bit depressing. I feel like one of the benefits of living in like, you know, what is by many accounts a totally uh, like hyper-civilized world where we have the luxury of, you know, caring about little details like this when we can just, you know, make hot food in our own kitchens instead of having to dig a hole in, you know, a cave somewhere and try and start a fire so we can throw a whole hog over it. Like, part of the, the luxury of being able to manufacture things to suit our needs should be that we should just do it, we should do it well. Uh, or at least yeah. have the option of doing it well. Like, I, I don't think they should not exist, right? Like, for a, for a budget stove that uh, somebody is buying, like, purely for utility because they need to cook for their family and they have no disposable income, like, yeah, Give a membrane switch. It's affordable. It's going to last forever, and you know that that's what that's what that's what's affordable. But the fact that the entire market is dominated by this efficiency, I guess we're really just talking about why I hate capitalism again. Because you know, <laughs> people just—that's the only thing that you can actually measure, and therefore that's the thing that gets the attention. Uh, and to me, this sort of first reason why, just like the membrane switches, is like just the brightest example of that idea that the thing that is measured is the thing that weighs into the decision making where the things that cannot be measured are inherently left on the cutting room floor and uh i'm always trying to be an advocate for the things that cannot be measured because i think some, those are some of the most beautiful things about being a, being a person i'm just excited for when they replace all membrane switches with touch screens because sometimes i'm microwaving some food and i i want to tweet about it you know and you want to play a little flappy like, bird 
Yeah, I just want to play some Flappy Bird on microwave. So I just I uh, I'm looking forward to these awful membrane switches being replaced by nice touchscreen devices for microwaving and Flappy Bird. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Andy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You, what if what if microwave took a little picture of the food you were putting into it, and then that was mm-hmm. the Flappy thing? It wasn't Flappy Bird. It was like Flappy microwave mac and cheese. Flappy yeah. leftover Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Actually, so my, my parents got a new fridge not that long ago, and it has one of those little LED screens in it. Oh, boy. They should have talked has... to me. I would have really advised against that. No, no, no. This, it, could get, it could be really great, actually. I haven't done this yet, but I've considered this. It has a little USB port in it, mm-hmm. which you can use to upload photos to it. Nice. And what I know is that if I put a photo on there... It will never it will go away. Never, they'll never be able to remove it. So, like, maybe I put something inappropriate on there... Maybe I put something uh, that kind of trolls them. Like, there's a lot of possibilities here. Um, so I'm just advocating for all, I want all microwaves, all fridges, specifically at my parents' house, to have these LED screens so that I can put some weird photo that they'll never get rid of. And then every time their friends come over, they just have to explain, like, look, we don't know how the thing works. We think it's a virus. I, I, so if you go to the kitchen, just apologies in advance. That's what you should do. You should redesign whatever like the home screen is of the fridge app, whatever that screen yeah. is normally showing, and yeah. then you know get the native resolution of the display, and then you know upload some version that is like obviously wrong or broken. Uh, <laughs> that you know you you you've, you design your own version that's got you know it's got you know ice and crushed ice, and then it says like human blood, and you you can press the human blood button. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is, I imagine. This is probably like a screensaver, so as soon as they press human blood, it's just going to disappear, and whatever was yeah. actually in the interface is going to reappear there, and that's going to be maddening. Yeah, that's tri- that is true. I mean, just by default, if it doesn't have anything, I think it has, like, you know, crushed ice or not crushed ice or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that could work. I was also thinking pornography could be good, but yeah, your idea is good, too. Well, the thing is, if you go too far then they will actually figure out how to remove it. They'll get, on the, they'll get on the phone with Best Buy customer support, and they'll figure out how to hard reset their fridge by holding yeah. the reset button with a paperclip for three seconds and then unplugging it and plugging it back in or whatever it takes. But if you yeah. just mess with it a little bit so they don't even know that something's wrong, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, could be a while. Also, can you imagine that customer support call? Hi, <laughs> hi your fridge is offering to vend me human blood. And I don't know why, and yeah. it makes me upset, and can you please fix yeah. it? Like, yeah. how long would it take the poor customer or support person to realize that you had uploaded a pixel-perfect recreation <laughs> of the refrigerator home screen you had modified? Oh, that is a good idea. All right, maybe I'll do your idea. That's pretty good. I like it. Woohoo! To be clear, I love my parents. I just think it's oh, funny. Oh, you do love your parents. Okay, well, I, do I don't know why parents, you do this mean thing to them, then. Sounds pretty funny to me. Yeah. You ever, I think they'd appreciate it. You ever pick funny over uh, thoughtful? <laughs> I used, to, I used to do that a lot more than I do these days, <laughs> but uh, still, it still sometimes wins out. Yeah. It happens you know, every once in a while. The, the arguments you have with your significant other that are like, why did you do that? You're like, but it was funny, right? Yeah. Maybe you don't get in those as much as I do. Well, yeah. I mean, Hillary doesn't think I'm very funny, frankly, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably good for me overall. But, uh, but yeah. So what was I talking about? Membrane switches. Oh, yeah, I hate those things. <laughs> I hate those things. You can't upload any pictures to them. Well, so what I was going to say, you brought up touchscreens, and uh, yeah. I think this is a slightly different conversation, perhaps for a different day, but this same kind of methodology is at play on a different end of the price spectrum if you look at the iPhone, because Apple has been ruthlessly trying to remove all analog switches from the iPhone 
you know, for the past few iterations and for yeah. the exact same reasons, right? They don't want to, it's like the thing that fails the vast majority of the time on an older generation iPhone is always the home button because it is one of the only two or three moving parts left. And so like, you know, some huge percentage of their customer support and their replacements are because of that home button. So they strive really hard to get rid of it. It also made it much harder to waterproof the phone, which also made it, you know, more likely to fail, like all kinds of the same reasons we're talking about basically, right? Like yeah. if you were going to, if you're going to put, an analog switch on the back of your stove, you got to probably think about how to somewhat waterproof it at least because it's going to get splashed by oil. It's going to get, you know, whatever. So all the same reasons, but Apple uh, spends, gosh, I mean, we would, we would never be able to know, but I can only imagine the untold design, product design and engineering hours that went into removing those things without ruining the experience of using the phone, right? Uh, and yeah. their, their whole like haptic feedback thing, the sort of patterns, the really sophisticated patterns of small vibrations to make it feel like you've actually tapped an icon on your screen or you've actually flipped a switch. Uh, those are very compelling and convincing, you know, skew morphs of the actual analog switches that no longer exist. And, you know, I think that highlights how important that feedback is, right? Uh, like Apple is a company that really cares about the quality of their products Apple will never make anything with an actual membrane switch on it because that would be horrific and they would know it. Uh, but they're also still trying to get that efficiency. And in this situation, that efficiency is worth all of the time and money spent to try and recreate some of the uh, less measurable virtues of a, of a tactile interaction. Uh, yeah. Which I think just underscores for me, like there's so much that, that those analog switches do for us by default that you never think about. Uh, that as soon as you get rid of them, it takes an uh, engineering team and, you know, 18 months to build something that, you know, gets 85% of the way there with all the technology we have available to us when this little switch just had this already great kind of, you know, feeling to it. So it's always the story, isn't it? Like, we're going to replace this thing and it'll be 90% of the thing that you're used to. And now that's just what the, what, that's what your life is like now. Well, it's 90% of the thing that it used to be. That's what I'm talking about. And, and membrane switches to me are like, is such a great example of that. Like, uh, my my parents used to live in, a, in an older house with an older stove that my mom d- didn't like because she said it was you know inconsistent and you know it was wasn't an expensive stove and it was probably bought in like the sixties or seventies, but it had analog switches for everything pre membrane switches and just simple things like turning the oven to a temperature was so much faster. Like some ovens have like the numbers you type in and there let's assume that every smush actually hits the button and you don't have to do the multiple smushes till the button actually registers, which is my favorite yeah. thing in the whole world to do. Even if you do that, you're still talking about like you press oven on and you press three digits for your temperature, unless you're doing some kind of cooking I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, and but I then... don't have that kind of stove, Andy. I have the one where you go up, Ugh. five, up, five, up, five. Uh, you're like, <laughs> All right, if I can just get it to 450, we're at 200 now. By tomorrow, we might get there. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, those are the... Those are the worst version of that. But even when you type in the temperature and then you have to hit start, you're talking about five, you know, button mashes. Uh, and if you want to adjust it by 10 degrees, you're talking about five more button mashes to adjust it by 10 degrees. Whereas my mother's old stove just had a little knob and you would just, you know, press on and then turn it. And it had it was really responsive. Like I would it had little clickies. So like maybe a full 360 degree rotation probably had like, I don't know, two dozen clicks, right? Two dozen little individual like uh triggers of the temperature go up thing and each time it went up by five degrees or something uh so you were really talking just like it would start at 250 wherever the lowest thing was and within one turn you were at whatever temperature you had to be at you just go whoop whoop and you were there got to change it by 10 degrees you just click click you're down done it was great oh so good so much faster to use uh the tactile feedback is so valuable 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I was so struck by this little stove, this little switch on this stove, which is ostensibly a much worse stove than any stove I had cooked on in uh, in my adult life. But that little thing is just so much nicer. Mm, sounds great. So sounds like a lot of fun. I think we can agree on this one, Andy. I, I don't like these things either. They uh, they they either either they don't think about them or they annoy me. There there are two states of being for this this switch. Yeah. So I want to get into some of the one of the more strange and, and detailed ways in which they annoy me is oh, kind there's of more this is exciting oh yeah uh, this is so i we've we've kind of covered i think what i'll call the the superficial or the aesthetic reasons i don't like these things uh yeah. like i think we've basically oh, also they look bad there we go that's the last one they are ugly <laughs> they always <laughs> look crappy because the surface is not totally flat wherever the sort of printed dividers between the individual buttons are is always a little bit sunken in and over time that kind of surface gets a little like wrinkled uh like kind of rippled slightly uh the light never hits it quite right and like the quality of the printing on the surface is never that good and there's like limited kinds of you know textures you could possibly recreate they're just ugly it's just like a big panel of ugly in the middle of well it could have been otherwise a nice appliance um, yeah with that i think we've kind of closed out the aesthetic or superficial problems with it i talked a little bit about my like philosophical problems with it just that it represents the cheapening of everything because the thing that can't be measured uh, is not under consideration when we're making cuts in the, uh, at the, around the big conference table in the boardroom. My other big thing about it is that without fail, every appliance I've ever used that has a membrane switch has what I would describe as a worse user experience than one with an analog switch. And that's not a fundamental thing about membrane switches they don't have to facilitate bad user experiences except for the pressing of a button which is always bad to mush your finger into that gross plastic sheet uh but the actual like experience you have interacting with the appliance does not have to be bad but when you're making analog switches as we've covered they are expensive uh they are more likely to fail you are going to do everything in your power to minimize the number of switches and potentiometers and sliders and other interactive elements that are used in this appliance because that's fewer things to fail, fewer things to manufacture, everything's going to be cheaper. And while it's I, while I don't think it's always a good rule that like the fewer things you have to interact with, the better the user experience because you could certainly imagine, you know, the world's most horrible stove that just has like one button and you just have to cycle through all the modes and then <laughs> cycle through all the temperatures by holding it down or something like it's not always that fewer buttons makes things uh better. But in the case of membrane switches, I have found so often just the the number of buttons and the things they do just absolutely make no sense. And I have to assume it's because they're so easy to manufacture. It's so easy to put in more buttons if you want to put in more buttons. And the programming for the electronic logic is so simple to just, you know, add this feature, add that feature. It's, it's like it's like uh, it's the worst part of like feature bloat in software where you just make it too easy to add stuff. And the result is that you have a stove that's or my microwave says cook one cook two cook three and then has like 15 other modes that just have words written on them and I, I have no clue what cook one cook two and cook three are i mean i presume they are three different powers maybe but there's a separate power level button i don't know what the power level button does uh like these buttons just make no sense because it was too easy to add more of them and someone said well it's better to have than to have not right like some other microwave is going to have cook one cook two cook three so we also have to have cook one cook two cook three otherwise we'll be compared feature by feature and we will seem lesser than uh but the the friction the financial 
and uh, the, like technical restrictions that are imposed by analog switches just result in a more thoughtfully designed product, basically without fail from my own anecdotal experience. I've never used a thing with a membrane switch where I was like, this is really well thought out, and I appreciate it. Do you agree? I think I agree, Andy. I can't think of uh, I can't think of a microwave I've used where I've been like this. This is great. This makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's the basics of it, but then there's always there's always some stupid button you don't know what it does, or you're like, what? Why? Why are there like ten different in- increments of start? Um, yeah, I'm kind of on board with this one. I think you're I think you're onto something here, Andy. You, Membrane do you know switches. Do you know about uh, product design? You ever you ever thought about this? Mm, nope. I am a graphic designer. I just like colors. Membrane switches are bad. Everyone can agree on this. Uh, get at me if you think they're good. Twitter.com slash Andy Mangle. I never check it anymore. So actually, I'm definitely going to send people there because I never see my tweets anymore. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs>